following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. It's time for hour number two on a Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Road to the Breslin ends this weekend for the boys. Man, I want to give Calvin University some love. What a setting scene last night. Hudsonville Unity Christian and Grand Rapids South Christian. Quarterfinal game. No one. A trip to the Breslin is on the line. The place was packed. I don't know what it holds. 3,500, 4,000. Great crowd. Uh, officials were good. It was the first time I've ever sat in any event and never had one negative thought about a referee or his crew. It was awesome. Uh, well done. Uh, it's what high school sports is all about. I was there last night and Mark Ewell uh, walked by. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm here and then I'm popping out to a game at Caledonian. I'm back home in Lansing and I go, we're on the show tomorrow. You staying over at your dad's or family's? He says, no, nope, 45 minutes back home to Lansing and here he is in studio with us. And I know, Mark, I, I saw you quickly, that when you see that setting, it really is why the Michigan High School Athletic Association does what they do, why you love what you do, because that's what high school sports was all about. Here's South with the loss of Carson Viss, who fell, if you've seen the video, uh, after a dunk, uh, tried to protect himself falling, but fractured both wrists, both. He's in the double cast last night, standing underneath the bucket. South fans are a little nervous. Hudsonville United Christians going on that run uh, in the postseason. And, you know, South prevailed with unbelievable guard play. Uh, Medendorp was unbelievable on the offensive boards. And they move on and they'll play a Romulus Summit Academy in Division Two. We'll go through uh, all the brackets and also salute the girls champions from last weekend in Saginaw. Ferndale on the other side, but man, what a scene last night. Sure was. Uh, 4,500 tickets sold uh, wow. by about 3 o'clock yesterday. So as everybody walked up to Van Nord Arena last night, you saw the signs on every door. Uh, it was a complete sellout. No, the, the atmosphere was fantastic. I'm with you, Bill. I thought the officiating was very good. Both teams played well. Um, you and I talked about it this summer. You first kind of put... South Christian on my radar, just with the the long, lean athletes they have that uh, really played out during the fall, during football season, and you're seeing an awful lot of those same kids uh, being key contributors for their basketball team. Well, you know, it's kids who want to win. And I, again, coaches do a great job. You at the Michigan High School Athletic Association office, you can't teach a kid to want it, boy or girl. And you just see it when... You and, and both sides last night, coaching staffs for Hudsonville Unity Christian, the players for Grand Rapids South Christian. Man, I just uh, you want to compete, and, and it's what's inside of you, and that's what high school sports brings out. And I was just so impressed with both sides, with the coaches, uh, with the fans. Uh, it was just an awesome night. It really was. And uh, th- this group of South Christian athletes, if they can win two more basketball games this weekend at the Breslin, which we'll talk about 
uh, the final stop on the road to the Breslin. And I saw Cam Post, who's off to Ferris State, the lineman, uh, offensive and defensive lineman, probably a D lineman, D end uh, for Tony and East. I said, man, you guys can double down. I think about these this group. They went to Ford Field, and I saw you there. And my son Legend was hanging out with Coach Roan and Warren De La Salle on their sidelines during the games. <laughs> Got to watch those passes every once in a while to the kids. And they're there. And I saw them walk in, and now they're going to walk into the Breslin on Friday night. Amazing run for that group of kids. It, uh, yeah, like you said, first of all, got to give a shout-out to the good folks over at uh, – you know, it's my alma mater. I still call it Calvin College, but Calvin University, Dr. Jim Timmer, uh, who's the athletic director, their entire staff, because this originally was supposed to be held at one of our schools, but we already had conversations that started a couple of weeks ago because um, you could have had any combination of teams. You could have, last night could have been South Christian Catholic Central. Um, so we, we were already kind of planning that we needed a bigger venue and Truth be told, we probably could have come close to selling out Venandal Arena with another 4,000 tickets being sold last night. But, no, 4,500, um, perfect atmosphere, perfect environment, and uh, just uh, that, that that is what high school sports at the highest level is all about. And, uh, yeah, for all your West Michigan listeners, we'll, we'll see if uh, South Christian can close the deal here uh, going back-to-back. Again, a really special group of athletes in both football and basketball. Yeah, but the three tough teams around them in the D2 semifinals had the Breslin. I mentioned Saginaw and Ferndale. Saginaw for our listeners on 100.9 FM. Ferndale for our listeners on the Roar in Detroit. And then you get uh, Romulus Summit Academy. So we'll see what happens. But, hey... You're a senior athlete. Uh, it's your final year, and you got to walk into Ford Field and win a state championship in football, and you're going to walk into the Breslin to finish your basketball career in high school. That's what it's all about. It really is lifetime of memories. It's what the high school sports and why so many people, when you say 4,500, yeah, South Christian has a nice following. Uh, but these aren't schools with 3,000 kids. No. These are people who want to go see what I experienced was a quality event start to finish. It's what we all do. I, I'll check, you know, the MHSAA.com once the playoffs begin in any sport, whether it's Lowell Wrestling or West Michigan or all around our huge network, I'll look at who's advancing, right? Absolutely. And, and last night was a really good example for something I've really believed for close to 25 years that – the West Michigan area, specifically Grand Rapids, is the best spot in the entire state in terms of interest in high school sports. You would not have had that crowd of 4,500 in the Detroit area. There's just too many different options and things to do for folks. And even now where I live, the mid-Michigan area, you'll have some solid crowds, but forever. Um, just the community fabric over here, the way that you know, folks will will travel and follow their school, and especially when you get one of uh, you know the what I have always called the the Dutch CRC mafia. You get a South Christian, a Unity Christian, a Grand Rapids Christian. Um, Try Unity Christian. Exactly. Don't want to leave them out, right? Lots of uh, interest and in following amongst uh, those communities, and it was really neat to see. So no. Uh, you know, had 4,500 there. You had uh, close to a capacity crowd in another semifinal last night at Caledonia just down the road where Muskegon uh, beat East Lansing. Uh, really special night last night uh, here in the West Michigan area. Yeah, and by the way, in Division One in that quarterfinal at Caledonia High School here on the west side of the state, 
Big Reds of Muskegon, 59. East Lansing for our listeners on the game, 7.30 a.m., 43. So now Orchard Lake St. Mary's, who knocked off Warren De La Salle, uh, they'll take on Muskegon in the semifinals at the Breslin. Cass Tech and Grand Blanc, there's there's another loaded Final Four. Wow, in D1. Yep, and those have been teams that have been – you know, uh, good all year. The Detroit Catholic League was as good top to bottom as that's ever been. So, in basketball. In basketball, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, Brother Ice was the number one team in the state for most of the year. And um, so, no, we'll uh, both in Divisions One and Division Two, uh, really four heavyweights. The, the new school folks may not recognize in Division Two, Romulus Summit Academy. That's one of our public charter schools who actually made a run to the quarterfinals a year ago, and it was mostly with some juniors on their team. And I've got a little more insight because uh, our assistant director in our building, who's our basketball administrator, Will McCoy, uh, that's Will's old school. Will was the athletic director at Summit Academy, and he knew that this was a really good basketball group they've had coming now for a few years. Ironically, they beat Chelsea last night in our newest hire, another one of our directors, Brad Bush, formerly the AD at Chelsea. So our Tuesday morning staff meeting yesterday, we had Will McCoy in his Romulus uh, Summit Academy jersey, and across the table was Brad Bush with his Chelsea jersey. So uh, I guess uh, March Madness was in full swing uh, even during our staff meeting yesterday. Well, and like I said, uh, everyone wants to compete, and that includes everybody inside the Michigan High School Athletic Association executive office. Uh, D3 uh, semifinals, uh, and they'll be on, that will be tonight, right? No, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I'm getting the days. It's 22nd of March. 23rd is tomorrow. Uh, Flint Beecher, E-Course. Flint for our listeners on Sports Extra 1330. That's a heck of a D3 semi. And Traverse City, St. Francis, and Niles Brandywine. For those of you listening, Cadillac to Traverse City on 93.7 FM. Uh, the ticket, they're... So you got semifinals Thursday yep, and Divi- Friday, right? Division three will be at noon and two o'clock tomorrow on Thursday, and then Division four, and we'll talk about those matchups in a second. They go tomorrow night at uh, five thirty and seven thirty, and then our big school semis are on Friday. The two Division one semis begin at noon and two o'clock, and then uh, the semis finish up uh, Friday evening with the two Division two games. So, uh, and then our four finals. On Saturday, with uh, everything being on the uh, the Bally Sports Detroit family of networks. Yeah, and then uh, the semifinals, MHSA.TV, both days, right? Both days. You can stream that live. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of great basketball. We're down to 12 basketball games left for the year uh, at the high school level in our state. And, uh, you know, really excited. And I think what even just adds more excitement, at least in town, where the teams are starting to arrive today, is you've got our 12 games plus the Spartans kind of kicking things off uh, tomorrow night at 6.30. So a uh, pretty neat time to be a basketball fan in the state of Michigan. Yeah, and the D4 boys semifinals at the Breslin tomorrow. Munising and Marie, or Marine uh, City Cardinal and Frankfurt and Wyoming or Wyoming Tri Unity. Yeah, that's another good foursome. Uh, that's a good grouping for D four at the Breslin this weekend. Sure is. Uh, you know Frankfurt from uh, up near the uh, the tip of the peninsula, up in the Traverse City area. They had a two point win uh, last night in the quarterfinals, so they're coming down for the first time in a while, and they'll be playing uh, you know a perennial team that makes it there in Tri Unity and. Then on the other side of the bracket, UP Power and Munising, they're going to come down and 
uh, Marine City, all the way over on the other side of the state near Port Huron, uh, Cardinal Mooney, one of uh, the small Catholic schools. Uh, it's their first trip to the Breslin in many, many years. So, uh, yeah, some really unique matchups this weekend. Some new faces, which is always good to see. Niles Brandywine um, is another new face uh, into the mix. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. All right, and tickets, uh, again, all digital tickets or at the Breslin, or is it cash? Do you go to MHSA.com? Uh, if you want to check out any of the semifinals, uh, Thursday and Friday, the championship on Saturday, championships plural on Saturday, MHSAA.com, what's the easiest way to get tickets? Either way, you can go to our website, MHSAA.com, Bill, as you said, and go to our basketball page, or if you just want to get them directly, just go to the Breslin Center Ticket Office. This one's a little unique. All the ticketing uh, at Breslin is done by Breslin. This isn't a GoFan weekend. We do use the Breslin Center's uh, ticketing system. Uh, you're able to, to go to the Breslin site. You're either able to get single session tickets if you just want to come down for a set of two of the games, or uh, we've also got an all-tournament ticket that would get you into all sessions over all three days. So uh, go to the Breslin Center. You can purchase those tickets online and uh, easy entrance uh, into the building. So what's the all-session ticket cost? If you want to go see Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and make it a weekend at the Breslin with all four divisions, all the semis and the championship games, what's the all-tournament ticket cost somebody? Everything is $12. So what it does is when you get the all-tournament ticket, it allows you to get the same seats for the the whole uh, duration of the tournament. But each of the sessions, and it's two games per session, those are all $12. So uh, it's a, a That's tw- six bucks a game. It's not bad at all. I think it's a pretty good value. The concessions are pretty fair at the Breslin. They are. As well. They're very reasonable. We will let folks know that all of the Breslin Center concessions are cash. Cashless, so uh, do bring that card um, if you do want to get that. It looks pretzel. like that's a preemptive on-air strike against emails that will be coming your way. That's you know what the emails will come my way whether I have the preemptive strike or not. It's all good, but uh, no, really excited about the weekend. And like I said, uh, you can get uh, either per session tickets or the all tournament ticket. Uh, Breslin Center box office. You know, I, one thing when I saw you last night at Calvin University it, uh, before the Grand Rapids. South Christian, Hudsonville Unity Christian semifinal. You know, my thought was, and you, and you mentioned it in this opening segment, about how supportive of high school sports and all sports, really. If, if you look at it, if you look at the, uh, you know, the Great Lakes Invitational, I moved over here. They had huge attendance uh, for the first time back in December. You look at the Griffins, who will draw 10,000, 11,000 a night. The Grand Rapids Gold, when they started to get better dates, they drew high schools drawn. It's the growing area, over a million in the metro area. Any shot at any of the championships on the boys or girls side? I know the girls used to play at Calvin University, right? They did, yep. Any chance of them ever coming back this way or getting into a rotation? So we can, we have ongoing conversations with the West Michigan Sports Commission. Mike Gusweiler and his team good man, yeah. are as good as they come. Um, you know, ongoing conversations, certainly with the, the Breslin Center and basketball as an example, uh, that's perfectly located middle of the state. You're on a Big Ten campus. Um, Michigan State wants to keep us in the absolute worst way. And um, while the Van Andel Arena is a great venue, the challenge is now with 
Grand Rapids having two pro teams playing out of that building. Dates. It's hard to find dates. It's hard to find a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and the it, concerts at or at Van Andel Arena. It is. And so, you know, we, we continue to talk with Mike and his team to see if something uh, would be the right fit. You know, for example, West Michigan embraces, and folks may not know much about it, but our four divisions of our state track and field finals are at the four large um, schools here in the greater Grand Rapids area. The attendance every spring is off the charts, but that's just one example of an event that Grand Rapids just embraces with everything that they have. Uh, the hotels work together, host sites work together, and uh, no, in Grand Rapids is really trying to do some unique things to kind of become the sports capital of Michigan, even though you've got the four pro teams in Detroit. So we'll uh, always keep our eyes open to see if something's the right fit here in town. And you get Mark Hollis and the Detroit Sports Commission now uh, pushing and bringing, you know, the draft and other events to Detroit. I'm telling you, sports in this state and with us being the only statewide sports radio network and I think the only one in the country uh, Michigan is up there, a top five sports state. You know, we're not as big as Texas or California or have the, you know, 23 million plus in New York City. But in terms of sports, all levels, uh, youth, high school, college and pro, we're as good as it gets. It is. I was actually just on a call this morning with the Detroit Sports Commission and just brainstorming some ways that uh, the high school football community can be involved in next April's draft in downtown Detroit. So we're already starting to just, you know, kind of kick around some ideas as, you know, they're a, a way for schools, you know, with their coaches to, to come downtown, especially on Saturday, uh, non-school day. Is there a way that we can kind of uh, use the draft as a little bit of a springboard to keep promoting the fact that football has never been safer, that football's a growing sport? Um, and we want that pendulum to, to keep that growth up. So it, it's really us being able to piggyback in some of those other opportunities and next April's draft being uh, at the very top of the list. Maybe there's a MHSA-sponsored seven-on-seven high school football tournament uh, throughout the Detroit uh, metro area where uh, the winners come down and you know play inside Ford Field or a field set up somewhere there. That would be interesting. Talked about that, and even uh, you know, do we try and launch something with our girls in a in the same thing, a flag football, um, which some of the southern states right now, girls flag football is a growing sport uh, in the winter. That's the advantage that our southern they states they can run have. them in January and, and February, right? Exactly, because the of all the three seasons, the the winter calendar currently is the lightest in terms of opportunities for girls. Um, really, in our state, it, it's you know you've got a, a small group of schools that ski. It's really girls basketball in competitive cheer, um, along with gymnastics. You know, and that that's the advantage Florida has. Well, we'll just have flag football in the winter. That uh, we're a little more limited here in Michigan, unfortunately, because of our weather. And I get everybody. Uh, it's last night. It's wherever I go, Mark. You know, they hear you on the show a lot. They'll ask me, "Hey, uh, what are the next sports being added?" And we always talk about it every time. Uh, you're on air. Uh, I know we've mentioned boys volleyball and getting to know Jeff Risden as one of our Lions insiders and his wife coaches a club team and you're seeing the evolution of these boys and all of a sudden I'll talk to a parent. Oh yeah, my son's playing club volleyball this spring and I'm like, uh, boys, you know, girls, yeah, it's it's well known what they have and now you got the pro volleyball franchise coming in a year to West Michigan on the ladies' side. Uh, but the boys' volleyball seems almost like, okay, if you're going to add, you talked about getting out of the uh, pandemic, that your member institutions want to 
revitalize and get the numbers up in their existing sports. Uh, but, you know, boys volleyball seems like a, a logical option. But every time we've talked, it's a debate over, is it girls ice hockey? But then look at the ice time and how tough it is uh, right now to find ice time for all teams, right? Uh, is it girls wrestling you added, which has been fantastic it has. in the state. That was a great ad. And certainly you want to look at the total number of kids and in interest. Boys volleyball is at the top of the list. And I think where that's only going to grow more is we've got some of our small university and colleges in our state getting ready to add men. Calvin is one of them, right? Absolutely. Calvin, so. somebody over at Calvin, I uh, with Mr. Timmer or whoever it was, I told Jeff this last night from Calvin, somebody had a great meeting because they, they, the sports ideas they came away with from adding football to building their own soccer stadium, to building a brand-new football stadium, to improving their facilities. Uh, somebody said, we're ready to go next level. Absolutely, and that's that's a model that a lot of Division three schools around the country are using, Adrian College being the, the best example of that. Another place for our listeners on 96.5 The Cave, down in Adrian, when I drove through that campus, I could not believe their athletic facilities. And I think when the hockey coach came on with us, and they're one of the great you know, small college hockey programs in America. He said some crazy number, like 78% of the students are involved in a sport at Adrian College. Yep, it's the way they've been able to boost not only enrollment, but also boost revenue. I mean, it, it doesn't take a math major, and I'm a former division. they got a top 25 fishing team oh, in yeah. college, NCAA top 25 fishing they almost upset Alabama, lost to LSU on a little guppy. Bass fishing. <laughs> they do. They have a team. I, I thought they were joking. And then um, somebody from the Cave 96.5, our affiliate down there, showed me, said, look up the rankings. So I'm on my phone. We were eating lunch. I look up the NCAA bass fishing team rankings, and Adrian was like 17, and they had like – the schools in front of them, it looked like a great football poll where Adrian is his Cinderella story. It was LSU, it was Alabama, it was Old Miss, it was Florida, right? And the little the little guppy got him, I think. Yeah, you're Adrian, exactly right. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, But the question is, and we'll talk about it coming up in our next segment, what's the girls' sport then you add? Because flag football, I've heard a lot of girls having a daughter who's a senior, I've heard a lot of girls say, I'd love to play it. But your only season, I think you could pull it off, would be the fall. And so do the girls play on a, on a Monday night? Do they, do they play on a Tuesday night away from uh, the high school football fields being used? But also they're being used because you got boys soccer. you got sure. you know lacrosse. you got all the other sports going on, right? Absolutely. And you also then look at the coaching part of this, that if you do something in the spring, then with some of your high school football coaches, even if it was a short season – you know, there, there's a lot of know-how and expertise, and um, so it's something we're looking at because certainly we're mindful of, of boys' volleyball and its growth, but uh, we would need a, a tandem uh, girls' sport that uh, we would need to add at the same time. Yeah, and that would be boys' volleyball seems to be spring. The gyms are open. Uh, it's, it's a no-brainer if you're going to put it someplace. It would be right there on boys' volleyball. And I do agree with girls' flag football in the spring. And then you allow, you, your schools work together, you allow uh, the girl who's playing soccer running track to be able to play both, Yep, if so, possible, right? Yeah. So, so your that, numbers don't get hurt. 
It is. You ready to make the announcement? We're going to do it right now? <laughs> Not quite. And like you said, this would be a lot easier decision if, if uh, you know, we could get outdoors and do stuff in December, January, and February, and we currently just can't. Do you have any power um, to change the weather? Uh, that one, uh, that's a much higher Well, think grade. about the advantage, though. When I was down in uh, Florida in February, right, visiting a friend and his wife, and I looked, and there's high school teams out there taking ground balls and baseball the third week of February. Yep. And I look, and there's a high school team having a soccer practice. Yep. It's uh, a different world down there because a lot of their spring championships, Bill, will be done by early May. Because they get out of the humidity and all the weather and the rain they get in the summer, correct? So, exactly right. So, And you guys do such a great job with all your championships, and... There are so many sports offered right now for the boys and girls statewide. But I, I do sense that if I if I looked at it and said, what are the two easiest sports to add? Just my perspective and nothing we've talked about would be boys volleyball and girls flag football someplace. Yep. And from a, a numbers and, and op- cost too. It would. And also from a Title IX number standpoint, I think your scale would be similar. And, and there are already existing facilities. It's already existing equipment that schools have. Um, you could really tap into the, the coaching acumen that you have in both volleyball and, and currently football right now. So a lot of positives on that side of the ledger. It's just you're creating new choices and new decisions for kids. And uh, you have to be mindful of how that would impact some other sports too. But uh, the, that conversation will be ongoing, that's for sure. What about spring football? Because speaking of Florida, and the other thing I noticed was you know, something on TV talking about their high schools getting ready for, you know, spring football. I thought I was talking about a college, but, and, and I ran across the same conversation when I was down in Texas with Ferris State before their D2 national championship game. How important the spring football is to developing those high level programs. Any thought ever given to anything uh, with your executive council, your member schools about spring football uh, in the state of Michigan? Not really, because when you look at other sports, um, that would obviously Baseball, have a right, yeah. huge, huge uh, track and field. And the other thing is we really don't hear much about this from our coaches. Um, you know, you, you look at the rosters, and Michigan's been a college football playoff team the last two years, and a lot of Michigan kids on their roster, and the same with the Spartans, and the same at the with the three MAC schools. And I tell you, Grand Valley and Ferris State have had pretty good runs right now at the Division Two level. A lot of Michigan kids on on their roster, so that that argument by us not having spring football is somehow you know putting Michigan kids in some sort of a of a of a unfair situation where they don't have spring football, but some of the other states do. Um, a lot of the, the data numbers would, would argue against that. So um, not a push, and I think we're going to kind of stay in the lane. Um, we give coaches lots of flexibility to work with their kids in the spring. Um, we're just not sure that uh, you need another you know six weeks of padded practice. And having a college football player myself, uh, spring is miserable. It, it's physically demanding. It's physically tough. Um, and it's just not something that uh, we're hearing even from coaches in their state that they want. Well, the coaches don't want to add on any more time, and the kids are doing their allowed MHSA workouts, the four-on-fours and everything, and uh, schools that take advantage of that, that is a big plus. And uh, I just believe you always told us on air, Mark, and Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. You've always said you kind of follow the state border mantra where you'll look at what Ohio's doing, 
what Indiana is doing, what Illinois is doing, what Minnesota or, or Wisconsin uh, is doing. And I don't think, is there a spring ball for football anywhere outside of maybe Georgia, Florida, Texas? There is not. And you look at the number of our kids that get scholarships and recruited. Uh, when you look at the Big Ten footprint, the only two states to where they have a better clip than we do are Ohio and Pennsylvania. And what we allow our, our kids and coaches to do in the spring are no different than what's allowed in Ohio and Pennsylvania. So, again, the argument of all the Michigan kids are behind of the other Big Ten schools, that is that is just factually wrong. Mark Ewell, he deals with facts on a daily basis as the executive director for the Michigan High School Athletic Association joining us in studio. If you have a high school question, a couple of different ways you can drop it. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, a high school sports question. Also on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soarin' Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our producer extraordinaire. He's been wearing that Spartan oil change hat like nonstop since the Big Ten tournament began. I thought he was going to burn it after the Ohio oh, State Michigan State game in the Big Ten tourney. And he has it. His hat will move. I've been asking him about possible infestations. With that hat, but he finds that to be offensive. Says, I'm not taking it off until Tom Izzo has his one shining moment cutting down the nets in Houston. 
He picked them to win in our Bean Garter $1,000 bracket challenge. You can follow his bracket, my bracket. And in Michigan. It resembles a nuclear testing facility somewhere in the South Pacific. Uh, go to thehugeshow.net. Uh, Mark Ewell is in studio with us. Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. So you're down in Lansing. A lot of people in your office. Right yourself, you went to Calvin University. Hey, sports fans, big, here's a hanging curve. Uh, Michigan State fan. What do you think they're going to do this tomorrow night and do this weekend in New York City? Enjoy We Trust. I think I might have mentioned down there that Joey Hauser actually interned in our office all fall. Um, How about the game he had when they were chanting his name after everything he's been through? It's fantastic. And yeah. I'm talking against Marquette last Sunday. Yep. Here's a kid who originally went to Marquette and, you know, the – he was one of the few, the very last kids that when he did transfer from Marquette to Michigan State, had to sit a full year. Uh, they asked for a waiver and so didn't get one before kind of the today. one free Eagle transfer. Casino and sports made in Michigan, it, uh, made for Michigan. You know, in terms of the Must internet, whenever things have been tough, it seems to like Joey's been kind of a target for an awful lot of people, and uh, which was unfair and wrong. And, Getting to know him on a daily basis this fall, just what a down-to-earth, humble, hard-working kid he is. Um, an example, they had a game in December at Penn State, 6.30 start. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging So watched him, had a good game, Michigan State wins, over which I think we all now saw was a pretty good Penn State team. They had a nice run in the tournament. And so the next morning, I'm fully expecting not to see Joey. Well, as I pull into the parking lot, uh, walk in the building about 745, who comes in about five minutes later, but it's Joey. It's like, how in the world did you get back here? It's like, well, Mr. Ewell, he calls me Mr. Ewell. Even, you know, I've told him a thousand times, just call me Mark. But he says, no, we played at 630. And he said by the time we showered and all the uh, post-game media stuff, it's probably 9, 9, 15. Our bus takes us right to the plane at the little airfield uh, there in State College, Pennsylvania, an hour in the air back to Lansing. He said, I was back in my apartment by midnight. So that just shows you. You know how quickly these uh, Division One teams will fly back right after the game. And to his credit, he was in the building the next morning by eight o'clock, ready to go to work. So people like that, it's incredibly easy to root for them. It's just been, you know, you saw flashes of it during the season, what they could be, and uh, now with them all being healthy, and it looks like kind of playing together and really being connected. And you throw in the Tom Izzo uh, March factor and. I'm telling you, you look on paper, Bill, of every the four teams left in that New York City region. I there's absolutely a shot that Michigan State could could keep on winning and keep on playing. And to hear the crowd chanting Joey, Joey in Columbus at the end, uh, towards the end of that Marquette win, he said it. He was emotional when he went back to the bench. And here's a guy who persevered, wasn't sure he was going to come back, uh, showing up that early. Uh, is a message to you, says something about his character. His mom has your job in Wisconsin, I yep. think, right, running the Wisconsin High School Athletic Association, correct? Absolutely, and it, I think it was very personal for Joey because they, they grew up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Both he and his brother Sam, and Sam currently is getting good minutes and contributing uh, for the Celtics. You know, they both went to Marquette, and it just wasn't the right fit for either of them. Sam ends up at Virginia Joey um, to Michigan State, but no, going to play a home a home state team again in Marquette, the school where it's both you and your brother another. were. Again, it was the previous coaching regime. It was uh, Steve Wojnowski, who was the, the Duke guy, who was the coach when both the boys were Marquette, now at Shaka Smart, but uh, 
awfully neat moment uh, for Joey and the entire Hauser family over the weekend. All right, Mark, stick around. We'll do a segment after the top of the hour talking about Michigan high school sports. MHSAA.TV, everything you need Follow when it comes the- to the boys' semifinals Thursday, Friday, the championship games uh, on TV on Bally Sports Detroit on Saturday. But the semifinals you can watch at MHSAA.TV. Everything huge, 24-7 at net. Life as a grown-up, not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question, does any of this matter? Then you became a cop. Not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who serve with you. They, the family sergeants reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute Purple Communities 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point in GR. With the shotgun start at 8.30 a.m., this is the event for all golf enthusiasts. Participate in an individual or foursome admission, all while having food and beverages provided. The best part is that 100% of the proceeds will benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register now at VAI.org. Org. That's VAI.org. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get nothing but nets and win up to $15,000 cash. It's the $100,000 Hoop to Win. Every Saturday in March, 6 to 11 p.m. Shoot to win each week. And on March 25th, players compete for up to $15,000. The $100,000 Hoop to Win giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Imagine. For and details. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our talented producer. That Spartan oil change hat. Things grimy, dingy. It's got cheese sauce, taco sauce, half a sub on it. He won't take it off until the Spartans cut down the nets. He picked them in his bean garter bracket challenge pool. We'll get to Mark Ewell, executive director of the MHSAA, coming up here after the top of the hour. Uh, I do want to bring in a couple of good friends of the show. And with Van Andel Arena, DeVos Performance Hall, and DeVos Place, a sponsor uh, Friday's. Uh, on the huge show across Michigan. And we love to take people inside what Grand Rapids uh, has to offer uh, when it comes to everything downtown in the surrounding area, along the river and more. And Janet uh, Korn is Senior VP Experience GR. And Maggie Lancaster is the Executive Director of the GR Children's uh, Museum. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, family, small children, and what is offered when you're experiencing Grand Rapids. How are you doing, ladies? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Dude. All right, yeah, no problem, Janet. Let's talk about Experience GR and as a senior VP and uh, your mission and we're statewide and why Grand Rapids has become a great destination uh, for families, for individuals, for millennials, and more. Yeah, well, you know, um, we're we're on today to talk about, like, why it's such a great place for families to bring their small children, because we have just an amazing assortment of different kinds of activities that will help entertain kids, 
And we got a brand new campaign that we just launched, and it's uh, Play Their Way, because kids like to be in charge. So we think uh, Grand Rapids is a great destination where kids can lead the play. Right. And uh, No, no, go ahead. Finish, Janet. No, and I was going to say, and, um, you know, we've invited Maggie to come on today to talk from the Children's Museum, because that's really, like, that's the key to why this is such a great place for uh, kids to be. All right, Maggie Lancaster, Executive Director of the GR Children's Museum. I know when my kids were growing up, Maggie, I would roll in there usually on the weekend, and uh, the kids would just have a field day. For somebody listening across Michigan who has never been to the GR Children's Museum, uh, let's talk about what you offer. Oh, thank you. And and we are all about open-ended play. And that what that means ultimately is that the kids get to choose what they want to touch, what they want to jump on, what they want to jump off of. Maybe they want to go down the slide. Maybe they want to play with our traveling exhibit, which right now is Molly's Denali. Maybe they just want to make a bubble or play with Legos. It is a museum where we tell them they lead, they play, and they have fun. And not to forget the adults, though. Maggie, for somebody listening across the state who may be coming to GR, or may be planning a trip to experience uh, Grand Rapids, is there a website or an easy way where they can find out what the Grand Rapids Children's Museum has to offer? They, they sure can. That's www.grcm.org. Uh, we are on all social media sites, too. So look at us on Facebook, Instagram. We even do TikTok. And uh, I will say if they are traveling from around the state, it's a great time to visit because rarely do we have traveling exhibit like Molly's Denali. But tomorrow only, right outside our door, 2 to 6. We have Monster Jam trucks coming. Uh, so before they head off to Van Andel Arena, they are coming to our street. And so you can get to even meet someone like Lindsay Reed uh, right outside our doors from 2 to 6. That's all free. But if they want to come inside and maybe make their own little monster truck, uh, that they will have to pay admission. That's awesome. Uh, uh, GR, is it grcm.org? You got it. GR, yeah, look at, you got it. Oh, yeah, you know, and I, in all honesty, I got to be truthful to the audience. Maggie Lancaster, the executive director of the GR Children's Museum, her son Grant Lancaster played football for Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern, and during the pandemic year, uh, I did the games with Bobby Mitchell. I did the play-by-play, former Grand Valley great. Bobby Mitchell did the color commentary, and I gave her son Grant the nickname. He's not Lancaster. He's Mancaster. <laughs> Huge. You were such an inspiration to him. Thank you for bringing that up. That is why he went on to GBSU. That is why he absolutely loves to play wide receiver at Grand Valley. You really had a huge role in that. And you want to talk about a kid who played as a child in the Grand Rapids Children's Museum. There you go. If if your mom's the executive director, guess what? He was getting in for free and he could run around and do everything. Now he's got it. Now he's got to clean the place. That, yeah, so. that's why that's that's where he got his great footwork for being a big receiver because he's running around the GR Children's Museum. Janet Corn, Senior VP, ExperienceGR.com. If you want to find out everything uh, Grand Rapids has to offer, go to ExperienceGR.com. Uh, you can go to GRCM.org for the Grand Rapids Children's Museum. Janet Corn, Senior VP, ExperienceGR. Janet, uh, thank you for bringing Maggie. Maggie yeah. Mancaster. Uh, to the table, okay? 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Huge. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Maggie. Okay. Okay. Thank Keep you. Playing. All right. Yeah, I, that's funny. That's always a small world, Mark. You remember when I was doing those internet games for my kids' school, and I gave all the kids nicknames. And to this day, to this day, they will all come up and talk about the nicknames. And what Maggie and her husband did is that when the season ended, they gave me Grant's practice jersey. His number, I still have it up on my wall, and they put Mancaster on the back of the jersey. That's awesome, and what a perfect nickname. Well played. Yeah, he was a good man, and he's off to Grand Valley, and I think he'll get a lot of playing time there eventually. 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Also, one final segment with Mark Ewell, the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, in studio on this MHSAA Wednesday. Big. Bad. Yeah.